Mr. Chair, members of the commission, we're now live. Good evening and welcome to the February 21st, 2024 meeting of the Montgomery County Historic Preservation Commission. My name is Bob Sutton. I'm the chair and I would like for members of the commission and staff to introduce themselves starting on my left. Michael Galway. Jeffrey Haynes. Karen Burdett. Julie Pelletier. This is Commissioner Dolman. Zara Nasser. Rebecca Ballow, Historic Preservation Staff. Dan Bruchert, Historic Preservation Staff. Chris Berger, Historic Preservation Staff. Thank you. The first item on our agenda is historic area work permits. Have the work permits been advertised? Yes, Chair Sutton. They were advertised in the February 7th edition of the Washington Times. Thank you. If there's anyone here to testify on any of the cases and you have not signed up to do so, please give a speaker form to the staff and they will let us know that you are here to address one of the cases. We're going to begin by expediting cases we believe can be expedited based on staff reports. So if you have not signed up to testify and you wish to do so, right over here, <laughs> um, you, can, you can sign up to do that. Um, so the um, first, first, second item on our agenda is uh, historic area work permits, expedited work permits. Uh, the first one is, is number 1A at 7617 Tacoma Avenue, Tacoma Park. 1B at 12812, I'm sorry, 12810 Wisteria Avenue, Germantown. 1D at 43 West Lenox Street, Chevy Chase. 1E at 10301 Armory Avenue, Kensington. 1F at 4600 Waverly Avenue, Garrett Park. 1G at 230 Park Avenue, Tacoma Park. 1H at 51 Walnut Avenue, Tacoma Park. 1I at 17201 Norwood Road, Gaithersburg, and case 1K at 1 High Street, Brookville. Mr. Chair, hearing no objections, I move that we approve the following historic area work permits in accordance with the staff reports based upon the record before us. In consideration of the recommendations of the local advisory panels and including any conditions recommended by staff. Hop number 1027485 at 7617 Tacoma Avenue, Tacoma Park. Hop number 1056334 at 12810 Wisteria Drive, Germantown. Hop number 1057144 at 43 West Lenox Street, Chevy Chase. Hop number 1057271 at 10301 Armory Avenue, Kensington. Hop number 1057416 at 4600 Waverly Avenue, Garrett Park. Hop number 1057294 at 230 Park Avenue, Tacoma Park. Hop number 1057412 at 51 Walnut Avenue, Tacoma Park. Hop number 1056978 at 17201 Norwood Road, Sandy Spring. And hop number 1003919 revision at 1 High Street, Brookville. Is there a second? It's Commissioner Haynes, I'll second. All in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 
Opposed? Abstain? Thank you. All these have been approved, and we appreciate that you have done work that we are very, very easily able to approve. Next item is a hearing on case uh, at uh, 1C at 6939 Laurel Avenue, Tacoma Park. And is there a staff report? Yes, this is Chris Berger. Uh, this photo on the screen shows a rendering of the double-sided neon blade sign proposed for the subject property. The subject property is a brick colonial, Spanish colonial style building that was constructed in the 1910s and is considered an outstanding resource in the Tacoma Park Historic District. The district's design guidelines apply, but as noted, Ordinance 2592 that provides guidelines for signage is no longer enforced by the city of Tacoma Park. The county code and secretary of the interior standards do apply. The building is as addressed as 6931 through 6939 Laurel Avenue. It's at the confluence of Laurel and Carroll Avenues. It currently houses Truist Bank and Motorcat Restaurant in the ground floor commercial spaces. This is a Google Street View photo from July 2022 when the Republic Restaurant sign was still on the building. The arrow indicates the proposed location of the sign over the door and on the second floor between these two windows. Here's the existing facade on the left and with the proposed sign on the right side, photo rendering. Each face of the double-sided blade sign will measure 35 square feet. The sign will be eight feet tall and four feet eight inches wide. It will be one foot thick. It'll be located under the roof line and above the shop front bays, 11 feet above the ground. It will project one foot off the building face and extend five feet four inches. The letters and the edge of the sign will be lined with neon lights. The sign will be affixed to a steel bracket and mounted to the wall with four bolts. Here are the plans for the two most recent signs that were in that location. They both were building signs that covered much more of the facade than the proposed blade sign. The Video American neon sign was approved in 1999. That sign measured 26 square feet. And in 2013, the HPC approved the projecting neon sign for Tacomic Republic Restaurant. That sign consisted of two panels measuring 60 and a half square feet. The panels joined to form a triangular, a triangle that projected three feet off the building face. So in accordance with the guidelines for outstanding resources, the Tacoma Park District guidelines for outstanding resources, the neon sign is a sympathetic alteration to the front of the building. The sign meets chapter 24A8B of the county code. Its projection, projection perpendicular to the building face will limit the visual effect of the sign on the outstanding resources facade. Its minimalist frame affixed to the building by four bolts will not substantially alter the building's exterior features and will limit the visual impact of the buildings on the building's facade. Staff does, does seek a condition that the sign is bolted into the replacement mortar and not into the building's brick. Continuing, the sign is compatible with the character, with the traditional Old Town Tacoma area 
with it, where neon signs were once common and a horizontal element is already present on the building with the wide roof overhang and the shop front bump out addition. And in conformance with the in standards, the historic character of the property will be retained and preserved by the signs installation. Again, staff seeks to avoid damage to the historic brick and seeks a condition that the sign is only bolted into the mortar. So long as that condition is met, the exterior alteration will not destroy historic materials, features, and spatial relationships that characterize the property, and the sign will be differentiated from the historic facade. Finally, as with all the other signs that have preceded it in this location, the proposed sign can be removed in the future and the essential form and integrity of the historic property will be unimpaired. Any questions for staff? Any questions for staff? Commissioner Galway. This is Commissioner Galway. Was there any indication as to where the power is going to be derived in terms of the conduit we're concerned about uh, tying the sign or uh, mounting the sign into the mortar, but the conduit might actually be wider or bigger than the mortar joint itself. And then also the question, is there any indication of where the driver for this neon sign would be? Since it's double-sided, there's really no way to hide that driver, and I'm just curious of what that might look like. Yeah, I asked if, if additional electrical equipment would be, need to be installed on the exterior and the um, sign company representative said that they would use the existing. So that may be a question. I believe the um, applicant's team is here. That may be a follow-up question for them. Okay, thanks. Anyone else? Thank you. Uh, at this time, I'd like for um, property owner um, or and representatives, the name I have is John Urciolo. And um, if you or anyone else would like to come up, uh, you're welcome to. Come up to the table, uh, turn on the microphone, and if you could introduce yourselves for the record, that would be great. And um, you will have seven minutes to do presentation, after which there might be some questions. Can you turn on the, there's a, there's a switch there, and okay. when, it, when the light comes on, it's on. It's on. You got oh, okay. it. Okay. All right. Hi. My name's John Urciolo. I'm the building owner at 6939 Carroll Avenue. Uh, Chris Brown is the owner of MotorCat, um, the, the uh, tenant that's in the building that's asking for the sign. Um, <clears throat> I you know that staff uh, had uh, a, their recommendation was to approve the sign, and we agree. Um, I, I've owned these buildings for a number of years. I've, all of my leases have um, restrictions on signage that we have to approve because we don't ever want um, the building to be overwhelmed with signage and to keep the character of the neighborhood. Um, I thought this sign was, was very unique. It does uh, reflect um, a similar sign that was the, was the building next to um, uh, this, right literally next to the building adjacent to it. Um, that had Ford Motor Company. When Ford Motor Company had it, that was a, a, a sign that um, was um, uh, vertical as well. Um, and um, it's very much in keeping with the, the style of the building and everything else. Um, the building, I think they said it was built in 1910. I think their tax record says 1922, but it doesn't make any difference. Um, it's a very simplistic building. It doesn't have a lot of character. 
Um, its style is probably Italian. It probably just has it. It's not really um, um, a style that's unique in its way. So signage can make a really big difference. And um, one of the other things is is that if Carroll Avenue and Laurel Avenue kind of come in a crazy angle. And if you're coming from the junction and coming up Carroll Avenue, you don't, the Republic sign you would never see until you passed it. Whereas this one's with the vertical uh, mount would be very visible coming up the street as well as going the other way on Carroll Avenue. So uh, I'm very much in favor of it. I thought it was a great idea. It's a, it's a very, it does bring back the neon, which we always liked. Um, and kind of always pushed that with um, um, with the Republic Restaurant and a video American before that. Uh, we've tried to keep the neon, which which um, uh, gives a gives a nicer look. The rest of my strop, uh, strip center also has neon on it, um, so it's very you know, fitting and to the area. So um, that's about all I have to say. Chris, is he? Yeah, we have a, a little presentation here to go through just to kind of highlight the. You got to push your. Sorry, state it, your name for the record, please. Trying to get closer to it, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. If we can go through the presentation, can you do state I do your name it? first, please? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm Chris Thank Brown. You. Thank I'm you. Chris Thank Brown. you. Sorry. Yeah. No worries. Um, I have the presentation oh, awesome. ready. Perfect. Yeah. So that's the the original Republic sign that we took over the restaurant and uh, and the sign came down when the restaurant closed, and you can kind of see, um, it, I think the the other presentation had had more square feet than that, but it, the, based on, on these calculations, it was 51 uh, square feet in total of the building facade. Go to the next slide. And so the, the blade sign that we're proposing is only eight square feet, so obviously takes up much less of the facade. Um, and in, in terms of just the architecture, the, the vertical, um, you have the the downspouts from from the roof and the telephone pole and the street light there are all kind of have those same vertical components to it, so it kind of fits in really nicely with the rest of the facade there and it 's obviously much less of a total impact next slide and there they are next to each other, so you can just see the the um, kind of visual is 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 very clear there next so this was literally right next door, so you can see the brick. Um, to the right of of the space of Motorcat, and that's a, you know a classic blade sign um, that is vertical and coming off the building. Next, and that's actually from Historic Tacoma's website, which is which is a you know pretty cool. And so we have um, these are just examples of other similar types of Spanish architecture that have vertical neon blade signs. We thought that'd be good to just kind of see that it, it really does fit the nature of the building pretty naturally um, in different parts of the world. Next slide. Um, yeah, and then that's just the kind of the, the guidance. Um, so yeah, so the overall, um, we, we had a lot of meetings about what type of neon sign we wanted to, to have for the restaurant. And obviously Republic's was very prominent. A lot of people knew about Republic. And so it was a good way to promote the the building, but we thought we wanted to kind of catch more people that were walking up and down the street. Tacoma has a, a really awesome main street, and um, we kind of wanted to get that that view of kind of walking up and down main street and have a nice, you know, blade signs 
are going to come off the building just through by the nature of the sign, and it would help attract guests to come in and, and know that we're there. That's all I have. Thank you. Are there any questions for um, Mr. Brown or Mr. Um, excuse me, Orciolo? Yeah, this is Commissioner Galway. Commissioner Galway, I'm sorry. No worries. Um, just back to the question that I asked staff relative to how it's being powered and, and the concern it would be to try to phrase this as a question, how does for that... Sure. So we're using, the, we're using the same power that was there for that for the Republic sign. It exists. It comes out of the wall right there, and it's uh, so. It is has, it local? It, it's not where like you have to run a conduit nope, twenty feet right. across the, the the face of the building or anything like nope, that. No, it's right in behind the yeah. I can actually explain because the facade has like. Hold a, on, wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We need you to put introduce yourself oh, into the microphone, microphone and speak right into I, the microphone. Yeah, if you could introduce yourself you. and then talk into the mic, that would be great. Sure. Thank you. I'm Zoe Stern. I'm John Ursiolo's property manager. I'm also on the board of Old Town Business Association, which who also submitted a letter to you all um, in favor of the sign being installed in the building. Um, the facade there, which you can see the metal uh, in front, the electric is run right on top of that. So there's already electric that... Um, powered the Republic sign. Uh, you can't really see it because it runs, you know, right there, like where, yeah. So there's already on the base is electric already on that whole um, space. So they don't have to like run through the walls or anything. They would just take it up probably. So to sign. follow up, just Commissioner Galway again. So the conduit would run from the top of that skirt yeah. up the wall to a bracket and then run across the bracket? I would assume they would probably, yes, put some type of piping or I don't know exactly how they would run it, but they don't have to drill or put anything. It's already there. So they would probably run somehow. See, the Republic had like a black base between the two pieces. You could see there's a huge piece of metal. I see, yeah. Yeah, and between that used to be a, met a glass uh, flame that was made and it was lit up. So behind all that, it, you know, there is electric that runs from the base there. So. But that black panel would be removed? or the It's not there anymore. So they could just pull it. They could feed it. It's already on the top. They would probably just, I would assume, somehow run it up, you know, the back part of it. And to secure the conduit, is it the intent then that that would also be secured into the mortar joint rather than into the face of the brick? Yes. Yes, absolutely. John yeah. never lets anybody put yeah. anything into any, any of his brick, brick ever, <laughs> ever. <laughs> he makes that very clear. Okay, and then my other second question related to the driver for the neon. I don't know what the dimension is. Is that going? To, it can't be strapped on the side because you've got signs on both sides. Would that? How is that going to be concealed? Or will that be concealed in a way that passerby will not be able to see that driver? Yeah. I, the, the, um, it probably says in the first. Yeah, the, the people that are constructing it are, yeah, are not local, so they right. couldn't come, but, um, but then that first, right. what yeah. they submitted probably, yeah, gives all that information, I would assume, right there. It could be internal. Yeah, it's, it could be, it could be internal. All right. all right, that's all my questions. We'll talk about that later. 
Thank you. Any other questions? Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thank you. Uh, now I have um, Lorraine Pearsall, um, who is with Historic Tacoma. And if you could come up and do the same drill, we'd appreciate it. And you will have five minutes as a representative of, of the, um, correct? Five minutes? Yeah. Okay. And if you, again, if you could state your name for the, for the record and speak into the mic, we'd appreciate it. Yes. Um, my name is Lorraine Pearsall. I'm vice president of Historic Tacoma. And <clears throat> I'm here to just talk a little bit about our concerns with the plans. Um, Chris, I wonder if you could pull up the, uh, the picture of the uh, sign on the building that was given by the applicant, uh, the one that actually shows it at an angle. Could you do that? Start with that one. Yeah, okay. So I think what is concerning about this, this is a, an outstanding resource. And so it's very important to us. And I was surprised to see the choice of sign because from the Republic sign, because when you look at this sign closely, what you see is that it obscures the window uh, as you walk down the street, and um, and it in, it's very much inserted between two windows of this building. And Chris, could you pull up the now that one of the the resource with all six windows that you have? Okay. So, so the beauty of this resource, and I think the importance of the resource, is its line of windows. And um, it's, you can see that there's not just a couple windows, but there's six windows on the entire structure. And it just reads beautifully, you know, as a row of windows. And so our concern was that if you can picture it, we would have one sign that would be on one end. It would be very lopsided. It would detract from the row of windows, uh, which are beautiful, all six of them. It's, it's an outstanding resource. And do we want to do that? I mean, it seems that that's an important architectural feature and in fact, in the Old Town area, you know, having an unobstructed, you know, windows on the second floor is typical, is what is seen. There are no vertical signs in Old Town. Um, in, you know, uh, between windows or above the storefronts, there are just no vertical signs. And so, there's a certain harmony with that. And um, I've, I'm going to show you some pictures, if I have time, of some of the other buildings. And, you know, with unobstructed views of the row of windows, it seems to us that that's an important architectural element. 
And because it's an outstanding feature, we need to think a little bit deeply about whether we need to do the design this way. And, um, and so what, um, you know, how will this look on an outstanding resource, you know, lopsided, out of balance? How will it will block the views of windows coming down the street? Um, it, it does transform the view of the front facade, uh, and, and, and it kind of unnecessarily intrudes on important architectural elements. And I, I say um, um, unnecessarily because there are other options. And um, the staff report did a good job in laying out the tradition of horizontal signs uh, in the Old Town area that do not intrude on the upper windows, which are very important elements in Old, in old Town. Um, park Pharmacy, Video American, you know, um, certainly um, Republic. Um, Chris showed, you know, that that was really the tradition. Um, so it seemed to us that we needed to think a little bit more before jumping to this design. And Chris, could you pull up that, that schematic of the Republic sign that, yeah, thank you. So this is the schematic that was approved for the storefront elevation. And it takes, takes if you could hurry along your presentation, we'd appreciate it. Can I, can I? Yeah, you can finish. Absolutely. Just, okay? If you could, if you could just. Thank you. Zip it along, that would be great. Yeah. Thank you. So you can see how beautifully this, the, actually the Republic sign actually was in terms of balance, not interfering with the upper windows of the outstanding resource, and balancing beautifully between the two doors and the windows. And it just was done great. And so... What we wanted to, to ask is that could, not, could there not be another horizontal sign, either like the Republic sign, which actually protrude, you know, slants out a little bit so people can see it on the sides, or another horizontal sign, but that that would be not um, affecting the architectural, the important architectural elements of that line of windows, six windows in a row, would be untouched. And so we, we think because it's an outstanding resource, this needs more consideration. It's beautifully balanced. It doesn't fight with any, anything. It doesn't fight with someone coming down the street and looking up, and there's a window blocked. And so... We, we wanted to put this issue forward, and I hope I can convince John to do this. So, Thank you. Uh, is, that, is that it? That, yeah. Thank you. Are there any questions for Ms. Pearsall? If not, thank you very much. Okay. And we will start our deliberations. Uh, I think I would like to be the one to kick this one off. Um, I actually think the sign <laughs> is actually beneficial to the building. Um, 
I've seen these other signs before. I don't really care for them. Um, I think it. I think it. It actually, in in some ways, sort of enhances the building because it shows more of the building, and I think it's very appropriate um, for this style of architecture and for this structure. So that's, and I've read all the all the information that's been provided to us, and I still think that this is actually a good solution to this project. Commissioner Burdett. I agree with uh, Chair Sutton in that I also like this sign. I think it's appropriate to the the uh, facade and especially to the tile below. It blends in nicely. My one concern is the conduit that's going to feed the, wa the power up to um, the neon. And that can oftentimes be rather poorly installed even when they try to get it right. So... Um, if it can somehow um, mimic the vertical of the brace of the sign would be very nice, be in line with it, be in color, or be painted out. But I think you're going to find that if it's almost integrated into the sign itself, uh, that, again, that vertical of the bracket might be a better solution. But I think you need to look at that and run it past staff when you get to that point. But it's nice to see some real neon going up. Appreciate that. Thank you. Anyone else? Commissioner Haynes. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> uh, what I find also is that uh, the Republic sign <clears throat> being almost 19 feet long um, <clears throat> also hides an element. It hides the turnbuckles, which uh, was a classic feature of that period of building. And while certainly more subtle, than uh, windows, um, I do feel that the new sign design being lifted off the facade um, and being relatively thin uh, in its width dimension <clears throat> has a lightness to it. Um, I think you will still read uh, the, the windows as you come down the street. Um, and so for, for those reasons, I would prefer this sign uh, giving its orientation its relative thickness over a heavier horizontal band. Um, and so I, I have to say I, I can't agree with your, your argument and would support the sign. Commissioner Galway. Commissioner Galway, first of all, I'm, I'm so happy we have these conversations. I think it's very positive. Um, I do agree with staff in this case. I, I think that the sign actually adds character to the building um, and in a way that I think is appropriate. And I think my guess is that we're going to someday look at this sign and go, we, we're glad that it's there. So that's my comments. Anyone from this side? <laughs> Commissioner Pelletier. Uh, thanks. I, uh, I, you know, I never noticed the six windows, honestly, in that, in that photo. Um, I was kind of surprised because half of them are obscured by trees most of the year. Not here, but but I agree. I think the six windows are kind of lovely, um, but I do think the sign um, is appropriate, and it's also not going to harm the building. and And this this space, I don't know how long the restaurant will be there, but the space seems to turn over every ten, fifteen years or so. Um, and so I, I think it's a different look. 
and I think it differentiates the new restaurant from the old restaurant, which I think is important because um, I think everybody in Tacoma Parks wants something to stay in that space and be a be a neighborhood resource. So I, I think it's a nice change, and I, I, I can support this sign. Anyone else? Okay. Chair Sutton, I'd like to make a motion that we approve HOP number 1027485 at 7617 Tacoma Avenue, Tacoma Park, for the installation of, oops, wait a minute, Wrong one. Sorry about that. All right. Let me restart. Commissioner Chair Sutton, I would like to that's, that's still the truth. Yeah, make a motion that we approve hop number one zero five seven zero five one Tacoma Park Historic District at six nine three nine Laurel Avenue, Tacoma Park for a sign installation with the one condition the staff included for let me get back to it. Hold on. With with the staff condition, wherever it is in this, um, and oh, that the sign that the sign shall be mounted into mortar and not into brick, and with the additional condition that the conduit that goes is going to run up to the sign to support the neon driver uh, be passed. By the staff before installation. Thank you. Is there a second? It's Commissioner Haynes, I'll second. All in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Abstain? Thank you very much. It passes unanimously. And thank you, Mr. Um, Ursiolo, and your colleagues for the presentation. And thank you, Ms. Pearsall, for your presentation as well. We appreciate that. Next item on our agenda is case number 1J at 7113 Sycamore Avenue in Tacoma Park. And is there a staff report on this? Yes, this is Chris Berger again. Good evening. This photo is the front and right side elevations of the subject property. The Excuse me. I'm sorry. sorry. Thank you. Thank you. The subject property is a craftsman-style bungalow that was built in the early 1900s. It's contributing to the Tacoma Park Historic District, the county code, district design guidelines, and the Secretary of the Interior Standards apply. And this is what is proposed. First, the roof's ridge will be raised 44 inches following the existing roof slope. Second, on the back of that higher roof, a new second-story addition will be built, similar to a dormer. Third, the entire three-tab roof will be replaced with architectural-grade shingles. Fourth, the chimney's height will increase about four and a half feet to reflect the new roof height. And the fifth, the uh, existing windows in each of the gable peaks will be replaced. This project came before you in December as a preliminary consultation, and this is a summary of the direction you provided. Um, for the first, you requested a streetscape analysis. Um, the second point, on the design you reviewed in December, the roof was lower, and there were, it was of two different materials, standing seam and um, asphalt shingles. So you requested that it be, the roof be steeper and one material. 
but if it had to be two different materials, you wanted to see a detail on how the materials would meet at the ridge. You said the slope of the new addition should be parallel to the roof slope on the existing house, and you said the rear addition should be like a shed dormer with the comments that the existing rake of the sunroom addition should be retained, the form of the windows on the side elevation should be reduced in size, and the applicant should consider removing the pro proposed brackets that match the brackets on the existing house. These are renderings that show how the higher roof and addition will appear from the right-of-way. So the left is the existing, and the right shows it with the addition, and then we have another view of that from the right-of-way. Here's the existing on the left, and with the addition visible on the right. And here are renderings from all sides. Beginning from the top left and running clockwise, we have the front and right side elevations again, the front and left side elevations, the rear and left side elevations, and the rear and right side elevations. I'll point out that this one-story one area in the back here um, that's the sunroom that was built in the 1980s. Here are drawings of the rear and front elevation. The roof will be architectural grade shingles on the back as well as the front. So the applicant's architect was able to make the roof all one material. Uh, the rear elevation will have a bank of aluminum clad casement windows running along here. The area below the windows will be stucco to match the existing material found on the house. So this area here and on the side elevations as well. On the front elevation, note the location of the chimney that will increase in height to reflect the higher roof line. Here are the side elevations. Note here the architect wasn't able to match the pitch of the original section of the house, which is right here but they were able to match the three and three quarter over 12 inch pitch of the 1980s edition. So these sections here are parallel. Um, they reduced the number of decorative roof brackets, which are up in the corners on the edge here and then up on the gable peak, but they still proposed two to each side. Uh, the windows in the upper gable ends will re be replaced with aluminum clad windows, and those are the windows right here and right here. Those will be replaced with a similar window. This plan shows the heights of the nearby houses on that side of Sycamore Avenue. Um, next door is one and a half stories. Here's our subject property here. And then next door is one and a half stories, but all the others on the block are two and a half stories. This slide is copied from the preliminary consultation presentation in December to show there is precedent for the HPC approving um, roof extensions for similar one and a half story bungalows. We have the before and after for these three homes in the Tacoma Park Historic District. So for staff findings, first for the roof expansion and the rear addition, staff finds the form size, scale, massing, and height are compatible. The proposed materials meet all guidelines and regulations. We're particularly happy to see the entire roof will be asphalt shingles. Um, the addition's dormer does match the slope of the addition. However, we don't believe the windows proposed for either end um, of the gable ends are compatible for what you would find on a dormer of that style house 
And similarly, we find that adding the matching brackets adds a false sense of history. Continuing for the other proposed changes, the change in roofing material is compatible and meets all guidelines and regulations. This is a change staff regularly approves administratively. The higher chimney is necessary to meet building code with the higher roof, so that meets all guidelines and regulations, as well as the replacement of the windows. Um, the Here's uh, staff's recommendations. The first is for the applicant to provide specifications for every feature. For the second, we propose eliminating the proposed six over one uh, casement windows on each of the gable ends. These are indicated with green arrows on the plans on the side there. In staff's opinion, they're too close to the wall edge and with the windows on the rear, rear elevation, they create a corner window treatment, which is inappropriate for dormers on a craftsman style bungalow like this. They're also quite close to both the roof line and lower roof, particularly on the left side elevation, which I'll point out here. So there's the window and there's the roof line. With all that said, staff is open to potentially smaller, better placed windows on the gable ends and seeks HPC's direction on compatibility. Uh, then for the third recommended condition, per the third secretary of the interior rehab standard, each property will be recognized as a physical record of its time, place, and use changes that create a false sense of historical development, such as adding conjectural features or elements from other properties will not be undertaken. And in the ninth standard, new work is to be differentiated. So we think that adding new decorative brackets to the roof line to match the existing creates a false sense of develop development. It is not a compatible feature. On the other hand, staff is okay with simpler brackets that are clearly modern and differentiated from the existing. So any questions for staff? Questions for staff? Any questions? Commissioner Pelletier. Um, I think in the beginning of the presentation, it said that the, the architectural shingles were only going on one side, but you said later that they were going on both sides. No, I, it's, it's all sides. It is. Yeah, I'm okay. sorry if I was mistaken. That was interesting. Any other questions for staff? Commissioner Burdett. Um, with the um, streetscape, the applicant's photograph of their house as currently shown isn't included? I mean, everybody else's is, but their house? And they it wasn't? I'll leave that to the applicant's architect. Okay, thank you. Any other questions for staff? If not, I'm glad to see you all right here, <laughs> ready to go. So you probably have seen what we would like for you to do, which is to turn on the microphone and introduce yourselves, I have um, Ben Norkin and Francis Burwell. And oh. if you could, you could also repeat that into the, into the record, that would be great. I'm Fran Bur Burwell. I am the homeowner at 7113 Sycamore Avenue. First off, thank you for your service on this commission. I've always been keen to live in a historic area. Um, our intent from the beginning in designing the addition was to ensure that it was compatible in character and nature with the historic and architectural features of the historic district of Tacoma Park. Um, but Tacoma Park is also, I would point out, a neighborhood that prides itself on its diversity. Um, families and homeowners have found different ways of meeting their changing needs. I have had, I've lived in my house for almost 40 years. 
and we redid the kitchen and sunroom, as you all noted, uh, some time ago, and now, as you know, plan to add a main suite up in the what is now an uninhabitable attic space. Um, from the beginning, we've sought a certain ambiance, ensuring that even on the second floor, it would be connected to the garden, uh, almost like a treehouse uh, or an old-fashioned sleeping porch. And in our view, the side windows are intrinsic to achieving that ambition. And they should be uniform with the other windows uh, that face out over the back. The idea is light, air, and breeze. Um, Moreover, the side windows on dormers are not unusual in the historic district as I have seen walking around the neighborhood. And these windows are scarcely visible from the street. In fact, the one on the north side, I guess it is, you wouldn't see at all because of a tree that's there. Um, along with the side windows, the other area where we differ from the staff report is on the use of brackets on the addition. I believe the brackets are totally in keeping with the architecture of the house. Indeed, what I've seen walking around the neighborhood and looking at similar additions, such as the ones on Columbia Road and Maple Avenue that are in the staff report, is that the addition copies the original house in its treatment of brackets. Both homes have brackets, but in styles and places that mirror the original. That is what we are proposing here. The fact that this is an addition will be made clear by the presentation, by the preservation, sorry, of the roof line on the side. And therefore, we believe the addition and the house, as we have proposed it, are enhanced by those side windows and the brackets. Thank you for your attention. And Ben? I'm Ben Norkin, I'm the architect. Thank you for having us back. Uh, I do not have much to add to Fran's, um, Fran's words, so I'm here to answer any questions. Uh, I think the staff report correctly showed the changes and the recommendations that you made at our preliminary consult that we did follow and the ones that we didn't entirely agree with. Any questions for Ms. Burwell or Mr. Norkin? Commissioner Pelletier. This is for the architect. <clears throat> you don't feel at all nervous about that side window hitting the roof if it snows? Yeah, the bottom the bottom of the window hitting the the, yeah. the rake of the I'm thinking in terms of weather, in terms of snow mostly. Um, you don't feel like that's a concern. It's more it's it's closer than I'm usually comfortable with. <laughs> okay. that, that's so not, what I wanted to know. I'm not going to say that I have not <laughs> had that same thought, so I appreciate mm -hmm. the question. Um, but it, the the experience it creates on the inside yeah. of that of that space is too important for those windows to not have the same sill and head height. Okay. Thank you. Any other questions, Commissioner Haynes? Thank you. Um, What's what's the ceiling height in that space, and is it flat or is it is it? Uh... It's going to be a cathedral ceiling. So on the at the rear wall, the plate height seven foot six, and then it will slope up to. I have it in my section, or I have it in my plan. So at the at the plate height at the rear wall, it's going to be seven foot six, and it'll slope up um, to approximately eight foot. Well, to about ten feet. There's 
if you guys have the, I'm not sure if you have the floor plan, it, it shows what the ceiling heights are in there. That's all right. That but yeah, so at, at the plate, at the rear wall, it's seven foot six um, and gets to a max height of about 10 foot inside the space. Okay, thank you. And with the increase in flashing technology, I'm not too worried about that side window, given that the uh, slope of the roof will carry water away. So I, I think he's good, in my humble opinion. Any other questions? Commissioner Burdett. Um, so in the streetscape, how come you didn't include a photograph of the house, since that's what we're trying to compare <laughs> to the rest of the properties? I know. I, I guess when, when that was requested, the context was understanding the size of the neighboring houses. Um, and I didn't want to put a rendering of ours that I probably couldn't accurately, like at this one, I could try to make it as accurate as possible by lining up the sidewalks and the, and the front walls. I didn't know if I could accurately get my front elevation to be the same. And considering that we are significantly lower than the zoning allowable height and we're next door to um, the Francho house, which is <laughs> a full two-story and attic space, I thought it conveyed the sense of scale of the other houses that are, that are on this street and, and directly adjacent to our property. My next question, um, just because I'm not up on uh, Montgomery County building requirements, what is the lowest point a ceiling can be in? It seems like 10 feet's awfully tall for what is what was spoken of portrayed as a sleeping porch when at the spring line of the ceiling it's seven six. Can it go to seven? Could the windows come down? It was originally at seven. Um, the windows can't come down because of the the rake on the on the sides, mm -hmm. the windows that are in question. So potentially the windows at the rear could come down. In the original design, I think I had a seven foot plate height, and it's still sloped up. Um, the ten foot is just a is just how it works out based on matching the slope and where the where the ridge beam is going to be. Um, and there's no reason to not capture that space by just drywalling underneath the the roof rafters but I can't really bring the sill height down any further because of that one window on the left that's next to the non-original sunroom addition coming up. Thank you. Don't worry about that. <laughs> any other questions? Okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> Commissioner Pelletier. It's kind of a question. Um, why can't you use smaller windows on the sides? I don't think, uh, in looking at the, the elevation, I, I don't think staff has an objection to putting windows on the sides, but I think it's running the big window around, the same size window around the corner. Did you look at using a window that's more like proportional to the ones down on the first floor? in that location and making it more of a punched window in a solid wall rather than the sort of wrapping around of the, of the glazing? I looked at using a shorter window. Um, as I see this image, I, I, I can't remember if I explored a narrower window. Um, it's just the, you know, the same thing I said earlier, the, the experience of being in that space with the same head height, the same sill, and then that glass turning that corner, um, 
it's, it's very important to us. I should say that the thing that I thought about that never got anywhere after talking to, <laughs> to Ben was a big triangle window that would have taken up all that space. Um, you know, so, but that oh, would like not it. be historic. <laughs> so um, I think when you see the drawings, I don't know if they were included in the permit, but the drawings from inside, it really makes, uh, it makes the space that it wraps around and that they're all uniform and consistent. Okay, so I guess the answer to my question is no. <laughs> Any other questions? Commissioner Doman. Mr. Commissioner Doman, uh, I'd like to thank you for being responsive to the uh, comments that were made in your preliminary consultation when you were here. It seems like you give, you've given this a lot of thought. Um, the one thing I, and I think I know the answer to, but in your street view, the one picture was, was missing was the picture of your house, and I understand why you didn't have it. Am I correct in assuming since the house on the left in this picture is one and a half stories, the house to the right is two and a half stories, yours would be in between, yeah. basically, on height-wise on this thing? Okay, so I, so I can, even though you don't have a picture here, I know visually about where you're going to be compared to the two houses adjacent to you then, right, on this? And the other, all the other houses on the block are at least two stories, or it, pictured here are at least two stories. Yeah, I think you've given this a lot of thought. I don't really have any problem with the windows on the side, except for, as mentioned before, about water and snow accumulation. It seems to me to be an issue, and if you could, one idea was to make them smaller so you could get away from that. You gotta have flashing going up underneath you. Well, you have, is that stucco? I guess that's stucco in that, in that side there. Stucco on the So you're gonna have, you could have some water problems in there, but that's, that that is, the architect's issue to deal with, I believe, on that. And as far as the brackets, I don't, I, I, I have no real feeling one way or the other. I could, if the recommendation from staff is that they're not compatible, I don't think they're really that visible. Um, I think they're pretty much invisible from where they are. I have no problem with your proposal that you come forth to leave them on. I have no problem with that, so. I wish you well, and I think you've done a good job, and you've been very responsive to comments, so thank you. Thank you. Any other questions? If not, thank you very much for your presentation. Uh, and I would like to, uh, to add on to what Commissioner Doman said. We appreciate that you take, took all of our recommendations from the preliminary into consideration, and we will decide whether these issues that we're worry about are, are appropriate or not. So thank you very much. Uh, anyone like to kick off the uh, Commissioner Haynes? <coughs> thank you. Um, so overall, I, I find the um, design to be well done. Um, I, I don't see this addition as a dormer because of the size and because of the roof shape I really see it more as an extension of the main roof. It's kind of a secondary uh, gabled roof than it is a dormer. And for that reason, I, I feel uh, the, the wrapping of the windows on the side is appropriate. Um, <clears throat> um, 
I think in, in three dimensions and from the street, that size of that window will, will not be as visible and comparable to the uh, lower uh, first floor windows in terms of the size. It'll, it'll be diminishing. You can kind of see that in his perspective drawings. It'll be difficult to, to get a sense of the scale from, from the street of the, if you even see those return windows. So I'm, I'm fine with the return window size placement. Um, um, I can appreciate what the effect of that is from the inside. And, and also the brackets, again, because I don't see this as a dormer as much as I see it as, as, as really a gable, uh, extension of the, of the main gable and, and more of a gable uh, roof form that uh, the brackets, I think, do add character and, and, and consistency uh, to, to the addition. So I'm very much, uh, you know, and I appreciate all the three-dimensional renderings. It's very useful for us. Uh, and understanding the, the design. I, I think it's always hard to add to these um, um, one-story cottage bungalow-style homes uh, in an effective way, in a sensitive way, and I think you've, you've done a good job here, and especially from the street. I think the height is mitigated. You, um, the, the existing and proposed views uh, is very much in the scale is very much intact, so uh, I would support this project as designed. Anyone else? Commissioner Galway. Ms. Commissioner Galway, I think if the wraparound window was more prevalent and visible from the street, I would have I would take the argument, or I'd say that it was a little large for that for the area. Uh, I do agree, though, however, that you would not want to. Um, change the height of that window or make it a different height than than the ones on the back of the house. So, uh, so I'm, I'm that's appropriate. I am not somebody who practices architecture. So, from a flashing standpoint and a water, I'm concerned. Maybe I shouldn't be, but uh, that's concerning a little bit. Um, the idea of, of narrowing, yeah, narrowing the window a little bit might. Keep, raise it up off the roof a little bit, but but the fact is, that assuming that gets solved and that is your problem, um, I think given the location of that wraparound window, it, it, it's fine. Um, staff was a little nervous about the brackets. I don't have any heartburn whatsoever about the brackets, so that would. And then uh, their first request is that you provide all the materials, and I'm, I'm I support that. Thank you, Commissioner Burdett. Um. I guess I fall in the camp of narrowing those side windows might be appropriate and instead of mimicking the back windows perhaps make them non-functional and more decorative in a narrow version as in they might be four over four as opposed to uh, six over six or a clear, clear over six over a clear panel. Um, the reason we are concerned about the brackets is an addition isn't supposed to mimic the original house. It is supposed to be distinct in its, and clear in that it is an addition. And the brackets, if you treated them slightly differently, that would comply at that point. But by mimicking the existing brackets, even with the material of the dormer being different than the siding of the house, you are still trying to make this look like it's part of the original house. And that's not what we like to have happen 
when you put an addition on a historic property. Um, so I would recommend that you work on these these um, uh, brackets and come up with something a little bit different or a lot different. But You can still have brackets, but just not exact replicas of what's already there. Um, and Mr. Norkin, you come before us frequently. Next time you bring us a streetscape, you put your <laughs> photo or your <laughs> rendering on it too because that's the whole point is to compare this project with the other properties on the block. So thank you. Anyone else? Not a question. <laughs> we're not doing questions now. We're doing, we're doing deliberation. <laughs> um, I would like to, I've been going back and forth in my mind here about the uh, side windows. Um, my original thought was that they should mimic the windows on the existing, um, especially the ones sort of on the back side, the, the narrow ones. Um, but then I got to thinking, no, actually, I don't think so. I think uh, it's more appropriate to have the, I think it's fine to have side windows, but I think the, the design that you have is appropriate because it looks like it's something that's not part of the original structure. And that's, I think, uh, where I'm sort of falling, that, this, that those are actually fine. I feel very, very strongly, as does Commissioner Burdett, about the brackets. Uh, they don't belong there. They're not part of the original structure, so either they should be eliminated or redesigned so that they don't look like the original brackets on the house. Other than that, I think the project is, is very good. You've done a good job with it. No. It's not a question. <laughs> um, I just wanted to say thanks for addressing uh, we don't often get this much response <laughs> from our comments. So I really appreciate that you took into consideration everything that we told you last time. Um, but the brackets, I just got to say, if you're trying to treat that as a dormer, I think it, it's having an identity crisis between a dormer and the extension of the gable. But I think if you're trying to make it a dormer, the brackets are inappropriate because you wouldn't have brackets on a dormer. And so I, I agree with the historicist viewpoint of the brackets and I also just think architecturally if you're trying to make that into a dormer the brackets wouldn't be there but otherwise I think it's great I appreciate all of your your response thank you anyone else I would welcome a I'd be happy to make one okay thank you um, <clears throat> I move that the HPC Approve hop number 1050155 at 7113 Sycamore Avenue, Tacoma Park, including staff recommendation number one only and not two and three, um, that we approve the side windows and the brackets on the ends. Is there a second? Could you clarify that again? <laughs> Run them by me one more time. Um, so I, I believe they're not trying to make a dormer. I believe they're trying to uh, extend the the main gable roof. So uh, seeing it from as a as a, a, a extension of the gable and not a dormer, I feel that uh, we should approve this hop um, based on 
staff condition number one, that the applicant provide specifications for all the proposed features, including stucco, trim, and gutters. I'll second it if you add um, condition three. I think the brackets should be removed. <laughs> so is it a new motion or? <laughs> no, he has to, he, he will. No, I'm not gonna accept that. Okay. So do we have a second? I'll second with, with the motion. The motion is on the floor right okay. now. Okay, the motion has been has been offered, um, with accepting condition number one, but not two and three, and I would like to do a roll call vote starting on my left. So if you could give your name and your vote, that would be great. Commissioner Galway, yes. Commissioner Haynes, yes. Commissioner Burdett, no. Commissioner Pelletier, yes. Commissioner Doman, yes. Commissioner Nasser, no. Chair Sutton, no. So we have a vote of, no, we have a vote of four, four, to, three. To, four to three. So the, so it passes. Mm -hmm. So thank you very much. Thank you for the opportunity to have this discussion again. <laughs> okay, thank you. Okay. The next item on our agenda are minutes from February 7. Oh, I'm sorry. I, yeah, duh, duh, duh. Commissioner, uh, or, sorry, item number two, historic area um, tax credits, group number one. Is there a staff report? Uh, yes, yeah, so staff prepared a memo, and there were 10, 11 applications in group one totaling $161,893.60 in eligible expenditures for the 25% historic tax credit. Any questions related to that? Any questions? If not, do we have a motion to approve? Now what we will do is, as we've done in the past, we will approve this, hopefully. <laughs> um, and then we will hold this one until we have the full uh, grouping at the end of the year, which at which time we will submit it to the Department of Fi Revenue, I believe. So is there a motion to approve this? This is uh, Commissioner or Vice Chair Burdett, and I make the motion that we approve the Historic Preservation Tax Credit Applications Calendar Year 2023 Group 1 as staff has prepared. Is there a second? Commissioner Galway, I'll second it. All in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Thank you. Now, <laughs> the next item on our agenda are minutes from February 7. Um, and I would, I would welcome a, a motion on the minutes. You know what? I will make a motion that we approve the minutes. I've read them. I think they're appropriate. I make a motion that we approve the minutes from February 7, uh, I believe it's 2024, actually. Yeah. <laughs> we could do 2022, but I think 24 would be better. So I, I would make a motion that we approve these minutes. It's Commissioner Haynes, I'll second. Thank you. Are there any commission items? We had a vote. Oh, I'm sorry. All, all, <laughs> oh, boy. Aye. All in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Thank you. Jeez. Any commission items? Any staff items? 
No staff items. With that, the meeting is adjourned. Thank you very much.